In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Welcome to the Man Card Podcast, where we focus on real men doing real life in real time while living in the stress bubble of life. Males are born. Men are made. We're going to separate the men from the boys. A man is as a man does. We want to help you to become the best version of you. Theodore Roosevelt spoke about this rare breed, saying, The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood the man card belongs to those protecting integrity fighting apathy pursuing god passionately leading courageously and finishing strong a man is as a man does enjoy today's episode welcome to this episode of the man card podcast aka (laughs) the mcp dale i just love this intro uh can't hear it right now but i love it and uh, man, it's good to be here. Good to be with you, buddy. How you doing, man? I'm, I'm good. I can't believe you can't hear it because it's playing. It's not playing. It is though. It's like imaginary. It's like we're, it's like uh, Captain Hook and they're eating that food, and there's no food, but they're eating it anyway. Oh wow! That's 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 uh, not good, man. Okay. So hey, for our men in the arena, those guys living in the stress bubble, thank you so much for listening to this podcast, man. We're thankful that you have locked arms with us. You've gotten the arena, and uh, we're ready to rock and roll today. I'm Jim Ramos, and I'm here with the diligent. Dale Culver, and uh, I I really mean that, buddy. I appreciate you. You are a get it done kind of guy, and so I appreciate your diligence. Stop laughing. You I'm just being told serious. me a second ago I'm that trying nobody to be likes serious. you. Nobody likes you, but I like you. <laughs> I appreciate. Hey, wait! I don't have I don't have to like you to appreciate you. <laughs> What'd you put in this coffee? I put some. You wanted four cups of sugar because you like your coffee sweet like your wife, didn't you say that? It tastes like antifreeze. <laughs> Trying to take me out? Maybe. <laughs> I found somebody who will work longer for cheaper. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess you can't work any cheaper than what you're getting paid. No, I'm just kidding, man. So, hey, da- hey, Dale. I, I, I gotta tell you, man. Uh, I really do appreciate your diligence. Uh, I went on to our new uh, Great Hunt for God app, and what you've done there is awesome. Uh, you've created that. Th- is it called a thumbnail or an icon? What icon. Icon for links. And guys, we are now a Covenant Eyes affiliate. So uh, guys who are struggling with pornography or guys who just want to protect themselves and their families against this uh, horrible thing, uh, you can go on and you can partner up with Covenant Eyes and uh, have your those you love be accountable to the things that you're looking at on the internet. And so I think that looks awesome, Dale. And um, uh, hey, I want to let our guys also know this. Uh, starting next week, we're going to release a podcast every Thursday, which will be in the same format as this. We're also releasing a podcast every Monday, Equipping Men in 10. 
It's just a short equipping podcast that's going to start happening on Monday. So when you guys see that, make sure you uh, download that podcast as well. It'll be very, very helpful. It won't be on interview format, but it will be uh, Dale and I discussing uh, some really uh, important aspects that help in equipping you men to, to thrive in the stress bubble. So, hey, Dale, do you got a man word for me today? No, because you told me we weren't doing one. <laughs> <laughs> That's for next week, dude. Oh, God. You don't have a man word for right now. We got Tom. Actually, we got... actually, I do. Okay, wing it and fling it, baby. Okay, it is two words. It's hyphenated, and it's <laughs> and it's action pants. Action? No. You see that? This is no. You can't <laughs> you throw put something. On, at, you y- cannot do that because people don't know what you're talking about. I'm going there. You never let me Gosh. explain. Ah. Oh. Action pants. Chuck Norris wears them. <laughs> Nobody and knows this. They do. If they're following the Great Hunt for God, they saw the post already with Chuck Norris doing a karate kick in his boots and his action pants. AKA your, Daisy Dukes. AK. Well, I don't even. You think, can call them. Da- they were Daisy. I Dukes. don't even think they could That's qualify. A, they're shorter than that. And so that. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> you're the one that sent me the picture. Yeah, and said, but not Use for it. a man word. <laughs> But men need to put on their about, action pants. How about just action? Let's just go with that. No hyphen, no I Chuck Norris, no done. image of you and your Daisy Dukes. Well, yeah, we don't want the ladies to stumble. Let's talk about it. Yeah, let's do action. I'm, I'm going to override this. Action pants. you got to oh, put them on and get to work. Oh, my gosh. And be diligent. You know what? Okay, I'm going to bail you out. I thought diligent was the uh, okay. man word. You are diligent. I'm going to bail you out right now. <laughs> I was driving down the road the other day. I saw a bumper sticker. <laughs> it said, pull up your pants and get to work. Your action pants. <laughs> but I think you're talking, you know, I, there's so many guys out there that are whining about how, they're, how they've been victimized by life. Mm-hmm. And they, they sit around and they let other people come to them and help them and bail them out. And they need to get up off the, to- they pull up their big boy pants, get up, which Ch- Superman wears Chuck Norris underwear, mm-hmm. and get to work. And I think pants. you're right. I think guys, we need to be, guys need to be more action oriented and not apathy oriented. We live in a world of soft men who let the world come to them. And so I am so thankful that today we don't have one of those guys on our podcast. We've got a man of action. So I am excited to have Tom on our podcast, Tom Cheshire. He is a, a guy who's been a recent friend probably the last three years. He is, he is in the arena uh, fighting the battle on behalf of men. He's just getting it done. He puts on four conferences a year and disciples men regularly and i'm really excited to introduce my friend tom cheshire how you doing tom i'm doing good guys did you survive our little intro there huh yeah yeah it's it's like punch and judy who's judy am i am i like as dumb as i look Mm -hmm. okay do you want who explain this to me i wouldn't go there (laughs) oh man (laughs) <laughs> oh, we're all caffeinated this morning. Well, first of all, Tom, before I put my gloves on, let me introduce you to the group, to our guys in the arena. Tom is 62 years old. Uh, he well, he was born in February on February 9th, 1955. If you want to send him a birthday card, he would really appreciate it. He uh, ru- uh, founded an organization called Relevant Practical Ministry for Men, RPM, 15 years ago, and he lives in Williamsville, Illinois. For 34 years, he's been married. 1982 is that when you got married yeah, yeah that would be right Holy cow. 35 years this december i was in high school then i wasn't born wow anyway <laughs> right. he has two beautiful daughters uh ages 27 and 29 and how you doing tom today you ready to jump in here in the arena and get get dirty with these guys 
I'm ready. Let's go. Well, hey, I, I'm curious, Tom, because, I mean, we've known each other about two or three years. But tell me, I, I want to hear your story. Fifteen years ago, you launched uh, a nonprofit organization for men. And my, my question is, why? What happened to bring you to that point? Because that sounds like a risky venture. Sure. Uh, well, it's a long, long story, more time than we have on this podcast. But I'll try to give you the uh, the thumbnail sketch of it. Basically, um, I got out of the Marine Corps. I got a job in corporate aviation. I worked in corporate aviation for 26 years. And in 2002, uh, I had clawed my way to middle management uh, only to be shown the door in September of 2002. Oh, whoa. Um, in the midst of that, um, God had rescued me um, and redeemed me and, and healed my marriage and, and given me a vision for who I was, uh, which was this lost dude sitting in a church pretending and uh, like I knew what I was doing and that I knew God and I was far, far from him uh, and rescued me through a conference, actually, a, a Promise Keepers conference. Uh, oh, wow. And so uh, out of that, uh, I just became uh, passionate for trying to, God, God kind of revealed to me at that point that I was not the exception, uh, that there were thousands of men posing in our churches uh, like they had it together and they knew what they were doing and they were Christian and they weren't. Uh, so it, it, it just, uh, that's what emblazoned me to, to start, uh, desiring to help other men was out of my own brokenness, quite honestly. Well, and so out of that, yeah. uh, I was doing some men's ministry, some community stuff, uh, had started a class out in town and had, it was an ecumenical thing where I had a bunch of men from a bunch of different churches that I had relationships with, uh, that were coming to it. Uh, and then when I lost my job, it was just uh, not a natural progression, but it was a somewhat uh, natural progression. I tell people there was five years. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard the expression, uh, you know, God closes the door and he opens another one, but there's hell in the hallway. And so <laughs> never heard that before. Yeah. No, so there was good. five years of, of hell in the hallway where I, you know, kind of tried to push against the closed aviation door. Uh, and resisted walking through the ministry door that seemed to be flung wide open. Uh, and it took me five years to finally, uh, actually the guy who's the president of my board basically told me to quit whining, and uh, I got what I wanted. I got a clear answer that aviation was done and over, and God was moving me on. Uh, and so that's kind of where it started. I actually started a, a ministry prior to relevant practical ministry for men called Businessmen in Christ. Uh, and that was my first foray into forming a nonprofit, uh, it didn't support me and it wasn't designed to support me. Uh, and then it just came to a point where that ministry wanted to continue the direction of what they were doing. And I had felt a, a more genuine tug to invest in the local church. Uh, and so we parted ways peacefully and amicably. I'm still friends with those guys, uh, and they're friends with me. Uh, so I started RPM in 2002. Wow. Well, you got you generate a couple thoughts in my brain, Tom. The first one is you said uh, out of the wreckage or the brokenness, something with your marriage. When when was your marriage at a low? And uh, you don't have to share this, but when was it at a low? And why would you say it was at a low? What's your piece of the owner of owning that? Uh, well, I mean, quite honestly, it was my my lust. Uh, I, like I said, I, I'd made my way into middle management. I had a secretary, uh, uh, and I did everything short of physically consummating the, the affair. Um, and it got exposed and I got, I got exposed and, 
um, every way possible. And that, that didn't have anything to do with the, with me getting let go. And that, that was five years before all that ever happened. Uh-huh. Um, but that was what really, it was at that point where God really revealed my, my true sin and my true brokenness. So I had, I had wrecked my wife's trust. I, you know, I mean, again, you know, Jesus says, you know, if you've lusted for someone in your heart, it's the same as physically consummating yeah. that relationship. Right. So, I mean, the, the, the damage was equally, I mean, just because I didn't physically, uh, you know, have sex with this woman, the, the damage was no less. And so, wow. uh, I had a couple men who came beside me and that was actually where I got really introduced, uh, to what the personal discipleship really looked like and felt like, and, uh, they, they were faithful. Uh, they, they, you know, prodded me and, uh, held me accountable and called me out when my attitude or my heart wasn't right. And so that, that just, all that to say, that's all the things that led to, uh, this discipleship bent that I have. What year was that, Tom? What year was that? Oh gosh. That was, uh, 1980. Nine? Oh man, so this is a Nine. well. Now it's interesting because your wife is a wonderful, wonderful woman, and she's fully. Woman. I mean, yeah. she's fully, fully invested in what's going on with RPM. How right. long? How long? We, and we have a lot of guys. You know, you were probably encouraged when we talk about this Covenant Eyes affiliate we have, where where sure. guys can have uh, accountability online. But uh, one of the things I run into regularly, I know you do too, is guys who have wandered into this uh, secret life and then and then out of that have it's manifested through some kind of unfaithfulness sure. how how long if we have and we have guys listening to our podcast right now that have struggled with that and the um for lack of a better word the adultery uh, f- uh that comes out of that how long what's the journey for these guys what do they what can they expect as far as their journey back to full trust with their wives? Is it one year, five years, 10 years? Does it ever come back? What would you, how would you encourage these guys? Uh, if I was going to even take a stab at trying to put some time parameters, I think it's different, uh, for everybody, depending on, you know, how your relationship is and was and where you are, how long you've been. I mean, so there's a lot of, variables that I think can maybe affect it one way or the other, but I'm, I'm one that errs towards longer rather than quicker. So, you know, as I've counseled guys and and discipled guys through the same thing, I I tell them, you know, you, you get it back when your wife gives it back to you is when you Mm. get it. If that's a year from now, then praise God. If that's five years from now, praise God. If that's 10 years from now, praise God, but you don't get it until she gives it back to you. That's, that's the way it goes. So, um, and, and it's not, you know, it's like, like the guys that mentored me and discipled me basically said, you know, you have no, um, really, uh, leg to stand on to be impatient in this deal. Um, yeah. you have totally decimated it. And so if she wants to ask you where you've been for the next five years and you have to account for every minute of your day for the rest of your life, then that's, that's the hole you've dug, learn to love it and live in it and decorate it well. Well, and that's interesting, Tom, because, you know, with at least with my wife, you know, we can all speak about marriage and generalize, but all I have to go on is really my particular relationship with my woman, you with yours. You know, with Shanna, she has full access to my computer history, my computer, my phone, everything. And we just have that relationship where at any time we can grab the phone. And it's not a, it's a, it's, 
it's just about helping each other to understand that, hey, somebody loves you and is watching you. And so, yeah, I think you're right. And I think that journey back uh, can be long, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. Hey, I don't want to yeah. focus on this too long because you sure. said something to me that really spurred me. And I want to I go back to this. And, and you were talking about the men in your church. Right. And, and if I'm wrong here, help me to understand this. Okay. But it seems to me, from my experience, that the church, the general church, has not done a good job of, along with the not just the church, but our world as well. We have ignored men. We have not done a, a good job of actually focusing on the men. Or it is, and maybe it's not the church. Maybe maybe it's the Jesus we're portraying to men is is a wimpy version and not a biblical version. I mean, what what is the problem here? How how, how have you unpacked this? Well, uh, yeah, I think you know. Again, this could be its own podcast. Uh, you know, there, there's a there's a lot of things that have factored into this, right? I mean, if you look at some of just the historical stuff. Uh, of how we've gotten where we are, you know, you've got to factor in the Industrial Revolution and mm-hmm. World War mm-hmm. II and mm-hmm. the radical feminism. I mean, all these things are, again, variables that come into play to get us to where we are, right? Yeah. Um, but one of the things that we say, basically, you know, and, and again, it goes back to Genesis. Um, the, the problems, if you will, the solutions to this, this culture that we're living in is, is the men uh, yes. and getting the men right. So... Um, you know, it's something that we, we struggle with from when Adam went passive in the garden. So, uh, and it's only gotten worse, I think. So back to your question of, you know, how, I think that there's, uh, there seems to be some movement in some arenas in churches that are maybe rightly focusing on men. And I don't want to mention anything by name just because yeah. that may bring its own negative connotation to some people about it. But, um, there, there's a rightness about it. And so, quite honestly, we planted our church 10 years ago, and I was just one of the people that, that was there. I was obviously um, not the p- pastor or, or even an elder at the time. I am now. But um, we made a dedicated, uh, conscious decision that we were going to focus on the men, um, not so much at the detriment of the women, but trying to encourage the women that, you know, give us five years with your men. Let us let us invest in them. Let us develop them as godly men. And I think then you, as wives and moms, will will be pleased with the the husband and the father uh, that comes out of this deal. And it won't be quite like, well, what's in it for the women? Kind of a struggle, if you will. Well, I think existing churches that's the struggle, right? I mean, once you start to invest in men, the devil just gets all kind of crazy with people inside the church. Uh, and starts throwing out all sorts of craziness uh, that wants to discourage you. Because, again, we know if we get the men, we get the wife, we get the children. So who do we need to, you know, uh, there's a famous quote, I can't remember who said it, but it's basically, you know, evil succeeds when good men do nothing, basically. I probably messed that quote up even. C.S. Lewis? C.S. Lewis? I don't think it's C.S. Lewis. It's some some older dude like that. Oh, yeah, it's a... I had it all over with Anyway. Anyway. Well, yeah. here's so here's you know, a question so that's, for you. That's the best part of the problem is is you know Satan's happy with men just doing what I was doing, just posing in church and pretending like they're in church, but they're really not engaged. So, so why 
why are we getting this backwards? I mean, in the Bible, we realize that every time you win the man, you win the household. So if we're using a biblical model, we're going to go after the men. If you look at the model of God, he almost always starts with men. The human race started with a man, Adam, you know, the, 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 the leader, the the covenant, the leader, the guy who brought the covenants was a man, uh, uh, Moses, you know, uh, we live under the Abrahamic, uh, he was the father of nations, you know, you know, Jesus was a man, the disciples were a man, the prototype for this Messiah was a man, David. Over and over, we see this model over and over, we see this, but yet churches continue to focus their, their budgets and their energy and effort on children and teenagers. So what has gone wrong here? Why are they focusing their budget dollars and their efforts on children and sure. teens and forgot forgotten men? What do you see as the motivating problem or issue here? Well, uh, you know, again, <laughs> we teach and speak on men's discipleship to churches, and, and we try to give this caveat. We're, we're not saying that there's anything inherently wrong with women's or children's ministry. Um, but if you're, you know, one of the things we say, just like you would if you were going to, counsel someone financially is you'd say, Hey bro, you're Jim, you come to me and say, Hey, I'm we're upside down. Um, financially, I need your help. Uh One of the first things I'm going to say to you is I need to see two documents. I need to see your check register and I need to see your credit card statement. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to be able to tell pretty significantly where your money's going Mm -hmm. and what's important to you. Right. Yeah. And, and you're buying bass boats and you know, (laughs) compound bows and whatever hunters buy, right? Um, but you're not spending anything on your wife and your children, or you're not paying the mortgage, or, you know, you're not doing some of the essential things you need to do. So it's the same way with the church. Yeah. Uh, we just did a training in St. Louis last last Saturday, and that was one of the things the pastors came up and said. That was the most convicting thing you said is, let's get out your church budget, and what's your line item for men? Zero. If you say men are important, then there should be some zeros after the decimal point to the yeah, left Absolutely. Of it. Well, you know what I tell churches? I say, hey, listen, your mission and your ministry should not be women and children. It should be men and those they love. If you focus on men and those they love, you're going to have the children and the youth. But it's, right. it flows downhill. Uh, and for some reason, I think I think it's it's easier for people in the stress bubble when they see a vibrant children's ministry a vibrant youth ministry they want they, the the tendency is they want to bring their p- kids it's easier uh, it's right. easier than reaching men i mean well, I, I mean i think men are stubborn right. and i'm yeah. a man that, that, that's i'm going to say you get more bang for your <laughs> buck when when you do something for women i mean again we we coach churches all over the midwest and and we had a fairly large church that were working with their men they say you know we're just absolutely discouraged that we've been promoting this class and we've been encouraging the men and we get like 25 men to show up of a church that's got like a thousand men probably you know yeah. the women just actually accidentally mention something and they've got 250 women that show up for it right and so it, it, it and so pastors like that right i mean it's mm-hmm, like well mm-hmm. who am i going to speak to the 25 dudes that showed up or the 250 women that showed up you know so it's just that it's that easy. You're right. They're stubborn. We're hard-headed. I mean, Jesus himself had 24-7 access to the 12 men, and he called them dunderheads. You know, I mean, yeah. they're slow. It just, you know, there's, I mean, if Jesus is frustrated, help, help us, right? So um, it's just a hard road to hoe, but it's a hard road to hoe because of the dividend that is on the other side of it. Well, but you've got to be able to put the, in the hard work and stay with it because— we tell churches, you know, 
three to five years is a conservative, very conservative estimate from the time that you actually start really trying to focus and develop a discipleship culture for your men in your church Mm -hmm. before you're going to be seeing any real strong, substantial fruit being born out of it. Three to five years. Most guys, after six months, it's like, this sucks. I'm out of here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, and and I think another thing is perspective. Instead of looking at those 25 men and seeing 25 men, then you look at those 25 men and see see 25 times five. Yeah, Yeah. there's there's way more potential. John Maxwell used to say, there's gold in them thar pews. And right. we need to see the gold. I mean, man, I, you know, I just, I'm struck with the the Jesus of the Bible who called his three buddies, his three top guys, the sons of thunder and the rock. You know, right. that guy attracts men. And do you think, right. do you think that, you know, you talked about um, radical feminism and you talked about the industrial revolution. I would throw in there in the 1850s, the, the Victorian age, and you just, we can go back and back and back, not blaming anything. But do you think that these things have affected uh, pastors? You know, uh, one oh, of the th- you know, because one of the things I've noticed with a lot of pastors is uh, they went through most of their life fairly anonymous, and then they get a church, and now all of a sudden they're in charge of people. Well, they've never right. had people follow them. Now people are following them. How can we help pastors? Well, yeah. So again, uh, I, I think there's some pastors who are getting it. Yes, but yes. A, a great a great book. Um, that has I don't agree with everything that's in it, but I, I recommend it to a lot of people if they've never read it. Is uh, why men hate going to church. Great book, moral. Um, yeah, and so one of the things that he talks about in there is you know again, out of that uh, industrial revolution is kind of where things started to switch for pastors and why that focus kind of became for women and children because men got out of that uh, agrarian lifestyle where yes. they were in church with their wives and children every Sunday. And they worked in the factory seven days a week, 15, 16, 18, 20 hours a day, and they weren't there on church. So the pastor was actually preaching to women and children. So, you know, it's kind of like, well, I can't preach to men who aren't here. They're all in the factory. Yeah. So my audience is now women and children. So that's part of it. I think the other thing, too, is uh, that David Murrow brings up uh, that makes a lot of sense is a lot of pastors— um, were the brainy, nerdy guys in high school? They were the guys that were getting stuffed in the locker. See, I was I was heading that way, and I I was I didn't and, know if and, you felt that way too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and so what happens is then, like he said, then they become the intellectual bully in churches. Yep. And the strong businessmen, the leaders, the 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 strong men in his church, he 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 basically stuffs in the in the spiritual locker with his theological mumbo jumbo. Or his and complete so and total ignoring. He neuters, he neuters his studs, basically. Oh, dude, you are, dude, you are preaching to the choir. I'm loving this right now. <laughs> well, I mean, the songs we sing in church, right? Your fragrance right. is intoxicating right. in our secret place. Right. Tom, yeah. you know, I mean, don't say that to me, dude. That's awkward. You know, mm-hmm. and and I don't want to hear about heaven meets earth, a sloppy wet kiss. Why people right. sing these songs? And and why pastors allow it. And I think you're right. I think they went from maybe, and I was never a bully. I hated bully, hated bullies, but I could have been. I was big enough, I was athletic, you know, uh, but I saw that happening. And a lot of those guys, they, they go get their education, a piece of paper, and now they're in front of people and they, I call it a bully, a pulpit bully. 
Yeah. They get in the pulpit. Yeah. And a lot of my friends who are really magnum business guys are really discouraged in the church because pastors, uh, not all pastors, yeah, but there's no. this intimidation. They're intimidated and they're unwilling to unleash them and thus they neuter them. Right. God, yeah, I think, I, I, th- I think there's just, uh, you know, there's, there's people that are trying. You know, I think there, there are men uh, that I look up to, like Kenny Locke and some other people yep. that are putting out some content. Uh, that are helping men and pastors really invest in men in a in a serious way. So I think it's out there, but it's just it's slow, you know. And Jim I mean, Ramos. yeah, Jim Ramos. <laughs> there there are, there are guys. Uh, there there are t- days when Tom Gensler and I are in our office here, and we're literally you know despondent and discouraged. Are we really making a difference? Yeah. Is this you know? Um, and so Satan wants nothing more than us to say. Let's let's move on to you know doing something else that's more fun, or or more in, you know supported or whatever you yeah, know. Yeah, so. it's it is a struggle it, for guys like us who are in the arena trying to help men. Uh, it is a struggle. We're at a point now where it's 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 we're getting probably one or two emails or calls a week from guys that are being impacted from the podcast or the curriculum. It keeps us going. Mm-hmm. But if you're not going to believe this, Tom, but we're already having to move into our rapid fire round. Hey, so, well, I want to say something. Say, say it, man. What you said uh, before we came on air was, you know, there's a lot of men who are listening to this uh, that don't don't go to church. They're not churched men. And so I I think that that's the other thing that churches need to understand with those sweet, sloppy kiss songs and all that. (laughs) If you want to attract the men who don't know Jesus to your church, that is not going to do it. Nope. Nope. Um, And and quite honestly, I, I, I. I get it, and I think the women kind of like it, but my wife doesn't like them, um, and so it's just like you know that's not that doesn't you know I, I, you know there's churches that have taken the cross out. There's they make no hymns with the reference of blood in them. It's like come on, bro, this is yeah, I, and I like is, that blood. You, I mean, we want to hear yeah. blood as men. We want to hear about the vengeance right. of our Lord, right. you know, and so. We've so anyway, also, let's let's move on to your rapid fire well, round. You, I don't want to. You nailed it though. We have a you know you we have uh, because I don't want to cuss. Wussified. <laughs> we have wussified the church, and uh, we need to <laughs> we need to make it a place where men want to come. That's why I love what we're doing, Dale. We get guys in coffee well, shops, furniture stores, whatever. What, go ahead, Tom. I, I, I have a guy who's uh he was uh one of the riverboat pilots in Vietnam. Oh wow, Barney. I don't know if you've ever met. Anyway, he he's a become a friend of mine. And he, he does, it's not cussing, but he calls it pussification. So. Well, that's what I was going to call it. So you just got bonus <laughs> points for adding the P. So, all right, here we go, Tom. We're going to move into our, now watch this. This is for you, buddy. He can't Rap, hear it. He can't hear it? Yeah, just pretend you can Pretend hear and it. say ooh-ah in about five seconds. Rapid fire round. Ooh-ah. All right, there we go. All right. That's good. You can stop now. No, I like stop it. Stop it. I hope, I hope you're not using that for something inappropriate. No, I don't think so. Maybe later. Hey, I'm going to give you, what we're going to do with you, Tom, is we're going to ask you to use a word in a sentence, and you have not heard these words, and so I want you to use not. these use these words and how they would relate to men. You have one sentence only, so no explanation per word. Per word. Here I we go. i got to use all the words in one sentence nope, or just, I get one word. <laughs> Just one at a time. Oh, <laughs> one okay. at a time. Come on. The Marines. These Marines. Just give me all the words at once. I can do it. That's right. I could kill them all. The Army guys couldn't, but I could. Here we go. Here we go. The first word is finish. Finish. As it applies to men. Men need to finish strong. Love it. That's one of our five 
fold yep. aspects of manhood. It's on the man card. Oh. Next word. Next word. I I picked this for you because you're a marine. Sacrifice. <laughs> sacrifice. Uh, men need to understand what sacrifice in marriage looks like. It means getting off your butt and doing the dishes. It means loving your wife when you don't feel like loving her. And that is what sacrificial servant leadership looks like. Oh, wow. Dale's over here Hoorah. trying to put on his action pants. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Next word, fight. Fight. Fight the good fight. Um, we need to stay in the fight uh, and not get out, uh, you know, only to finish strong, right? I mean, you're, you're not going to you're not gonna finish strong if you get out of the fight. I love it. Stay in the fight. Next word, manhood. Manhood. Uh, we could go all sorts of weird places with that one, but we won't. <laughs> well, the action pants. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking Magnum, but. <laughs> I was thinking Magnum, too. Oh, my gosh. Like twinsies. Oh. Well, here, so, let, me, let, me let me throw another word at you, then. Let me throw in the last. Let me throw another word at you. You're okay. gonna, I think you're going to thrive on this one. Here we go. Hero. <laughs> hero. Um, Not hoorah. Hero. Yeah. Hoorah. I, I think if men could live a life that their, their wife and their kids' biggest hero, they would have lived a, a good and great life for the glory of God. Man, I love it. I had a I heard a speaker one time, success is for those who know me the most. No, mm. who know me the best to respect yeah. me the most. Yeah. And uh, man, that's a that's a huge deal. Well, Tom, man, this is horrible. We're out of time. I'm I'm bummed. I could go for an hour with you. It, can we bring you on the show again, Tom? Oh yeah. All yeah, right. Absolutely. We'd love to have you on the show again and uh man, thanks so much for coming and being a part of this thing. So, hey guys, guys in the arena, check out Tom's ministry, Relevant Practical Ministry for Men. Tom, what's the website for that? rpmfm.org. So it's the first letter of each word in the ministry. R, Roger, Papa, Mike, Frank, Mike.org. All right. Hey, and there's, there's also an app. And what, yep, and I, just, I just See, downloaded it. Go the ahead. The app go. is RPM and the, and the number four men. Yeah. You can find that in the Google store or the app store. And that is a free app for men. Free app. So, guys, go do that thing. You really have to be 12 years old or older to use that? Is that what it says? It does. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Sounds like something I'd say. (laughs) Let him talk to his Dale. (laughs) Hey, you've been listening, guys, to the Man Card Podcast. Tell your buddies about what we are doing here. Uh, Subscribe to us. Share us with your friends. Write a positive review. We are locking shields with you, and uh, we're here to equip those men in the stress bubble. So give us your input. If there are any topics uh, you'd like to hear, or if you think you're man enough to handle the MCP, let us know. We might interview you, too. We want you, men to move from male to man and become the best version of the guy that God has created you to be. If you have any other questions or comments, you can reach us by downloading our new app, The Great Hunt for God. Just go to the icon that says Contact Us, and uh, you can communicate with us as well. So thanks again for listening to this episode of the Man Card Podcast. And remember, males are born, but men are made. Until next time, be a be man. A man. This is Dale Culver, and you've been listening to the Man Card Podcast. Has your man card been challenged today? If you hunger to be the best version of a man, then purchase your own copy of the Field Guide, our bathroom book for men. Jim wrote this book for men who don't read books. It's a daily study of manly words explained with great stories. 
you will find enough entries to read one a day for an entire year. That's right, 365 daily readings on what a man is and does. Get your copy for you and your friends on our website at thegreathuntforgod.com. You will also find our five-book man card series. Grab several copies, recruit some friends, and champion the cause for men today. We are a donor-supported, non-profit organization with the mission to transform the lives of men and those they love. If today's podcast has inspired you, consider being a financial champion by going to The Great Hunt for God and click the Give link in the menu drop-down. Also, download The Great Hunt for God app today. It is available in all the app stores for all devices. It has videos, podcasts, our store, and many other links to the world of The Great Hunt for God. Thank you for listening, and good hunting. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men for from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.